Good morning, Team South Florida. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. Happy Sunday to you. I hope you guys are feeling highly blessed and highly favored this Sunday morning. And you know how it goes down every Sunday morning. Um, Community Matters, where we talk to nonprofits, organizations. Re we give you resources to things that can help you and your family and all your friends. And we are going to inform you this morning of an amazing cause, unfortunately, that exists because we wish it didn't have to exist, but it does. And so we have our guest this morning, Miss Tangela Sears of Florida Parents of Murdered Children. Good morning, Tangela. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so honored to be a part of your show. Oh, and I'm so honored to have you. I always, usually when I see you, we're at an event for the yeah. cause and you're like yeah. running by and I'm like, Tangela, hi, hi, Super. <laughs> so I'm glad that we can finally just have a, a sit down conversation and definitely to get the word out of your cause and let everybody know, you know, everything that you're working on so that we can support you more than just watching you on the news or watching you at an event speak. We want to connect with you and connect with your cause so we can do whatever we can to help you. So let everybody know exactly what Florida Parents of Murdered Children is. Florida Parents of Murdered Children is an organization. It's, it is just what it says, parents of murdered children. That means all of our kids have been, all of us have been affected by gun violence. We're survivors now. And um, as survivors, it's important that we tell our own story. We um, demand our needs from the system. And, you know, I've been working with families for about 35 years, never knowing that I would one day become a victim um, or of gun violence. I lost my son in 2015 and it was different. It was different. Um, it was not the, you know, the same as it had been in the past. Me being there for people, um, I needed strength myself. Um, I was, I went into a, um, I shut down. I did not want to help anymore. Um, I became very angry, very bitter, mean, um, very, can deal with me. It was very difficult to deal with me at that time, but it got out of hand and our Miami-Dade state attorney ended up um, forcing me, getting a paper signed by a judge, forcing me into a hospital because that's how I had spirit, I spirit totally out of control. While yeah. I was in the hospital, um, prior to going to the hospital, I stopped watching TV after I lost my son because I could not bear to see a gun, hear a gun. You know, I, I just couldn't um, see any of those things and I didn't want to hear um, any gun um, violence issues or anything. But while I was in the hospital, I didn't have a choice because the TV was on and a mother um, Chantel Dixon lost her son. He was 15 years old. And I heard her screaming. Oh my gosh, she was screaming. Ah. That's what brought me um, back into the fold um, that I wanted to help that mother. How can I be there to help this mother? And of course, in our community, 
our killings don't get the notoriety that most killings get. It may be on TV a day that that was a shooting, but then that's it. We don't have communities fighting that the state attorney give us answers, the police demanding that an arrest is made. Um, we we have to do this on our own. And parents in our communities did not have a voice. They was not involved. So immediately I called the state attorney and I called my aunt because I felt that I was ready to come out at that time because I wanted to reach that mother. I had no idea who that mother is. So I contacted the police department and asked them if I can use the conference room that Tuesday night, it was in August of 2015. I said, can I use your conference room? I wanna have a meeting. And Major um, Carter was the major at the um, at Miami-Dade Police Department at that time. And he said, sure. And he put me to someone that can complete the paperwork. And as he completed the paperwork, he said, what's the name of your organization? And I said, what organization? I'm just meeting with parents that lost their kids. He was actually the one that said, well, I'll just put parents of murdered children. That's where wow. that came from, the name, parents of When we had the meeting at Tuesday, the room was packed out. And the mother that I heard scream on TV, she showed up. And I've wow. always said to her that parents of murdered children exist because of her scream. It don't exist because I lost my son because I was lost when I lost my son. I didn't have any ideas of creating this, but in creating this, I created a lot of parents that, you know, have begun organizations within a community, uh, Romania Dukes, Letha uh, Bush, so many parents began to have a voice. We began to uh, be heard. But I also wanted to teach these parents how to change legislation to be able to deal with some of the issues that we deal with. And I did that by taking parents to Tallahassee after meeting with parents Tuesday after Tuesday after Tuesday, bringing law enforcement in, homicide department bringing detectives in, bringing the state attorneys in. We have an attorney, um, Hilton Napoleon, that joined us and he represents every parent that comes into the group um, on, be, you know, by meeting with the state attorney or the law enforcement, you know, to try to help them move their case forward. Um, well, you know what I, I wanted to say to you, um, Tangela? Oh, go oh. ahead. No, I was going to say once we got in the room and we learned that um, witnesses was a problem on the majority of the cases. Uh. So I then put a, um, a um, some legislation together that was sponsored by um, a young man by, by the name of Naren out of Tampa. He sponsored this legislation protecting the witnesses identification. I began to take parents up to Tallahassee every two weeks so that they can understand the process, but that they can also be a voice through the process. So they would speak before various committees um, of legislators. And we got that bill actually passed. In 2017, Rick Scott signed the bill into law. Um, so witnesses' identities now are um, it's not public information. Um, that is now, amazing because that's what stops a lot of the cases from being solved is the fear of once they speak to the uh, um, police and let their story be known of what they saw or what they know, 
But now with that, I didn't even know that legislation, that bill even existed. So things like this is what we need you to speak out about like on shows like this. But you know what I wanted to talk to you about? Cause we're gonna talk about everything that you just talked about. We're gonna break it down. But you, like you, you said earlier, you were an activist in different causes, but community-based before the loss of your son. And I'm really sorry about the loss of your son. And so when the gun violence aspect of what you were speaking out about and fighting for actually hit home, you said something important. Like before, when you were fighting for it, you were fighting for it. But when it hit home, it's totally different because you never thought, even though you fought for it, never thought you'd be wearing those shoes of a mother who loses her child. So that's like, you know, I saw a quote that you said in an interview that you did where you said, my child was my cause. I had, I'm here to fight for those black boys because I have one. So what am I fighting for? That just like made my heart just ache. I mean, I can't even imagine, but at the same time where you were lost and they, and you were in the hospital, and then you hear the screams of another mother. It kind of like snapped you into putting that battery in your back to fight for mothers like you and yes. mothers like her. Yes, correct. Yes. Mm. So, you know, when, you know, someone is suffering a loss such as yours, you don't think about all the things that come with it. The, the initial loss and the grieving of your child. But then, like you said, laws dealing with city officials and government officials to change laws and everything like that. When a parent loses their child, not only are they, in my opinion, I think, not only are they suffering the loss of their child, but then they're, they feel like no one is gonna listen to their story or they, think, they feel as if there's nothing that they can do to change anything. Yes, yes, and I wanted parents to know that we can unite and we can change anything. And um, that, and when that situation, that tragedy happened in Parkland, mm. it was an example of the direction I was trying to take a lot of parents in because what they saw was after the Parkland incident, maybe a week later, these parents stormed um, the Capitol, demanded yeah. changes and things. And so, those that didn't get involved, I was able to explain to them, we can't be upset with what they're doing. We have to do the same thing. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people feel as if, you know, most of the people at Parkland were white. And then when someone dies in the streets of North Miami Beach, Liberty City, wherever the case may be in the, in the inner city, nobody cares. And as you said, the news shows the story once maybe the morning after, and then you never hear what happens next in that story. It was the, was the case solved? Did they find out who did it? Like, can we keep giving out tips of who they're suspecting so we could keep the story alive so you can solve the case? You're right. And, you know, I stand with um, Parkland on demanding tougher gun laws, mm -hmm. but that's not our issue in our community. So I always say to them, if I'm going to stand with you, you have to be willing to stand with us because in our community, they do not go in schools and shoot um, shoot up schools. They don't go 
purchase guns the legal way. So no matter how you toughen the gun law in our community, they will continue to break in homes, break in cars, steal guns, resell the gun after it's used. So, you know, I just try to make sure people understand that gun laws will not change the issues that we deal with. Because as you know, for yourself, a lot of these kids that kill kids, they're 15, 16, 17 years old. So they're not even at an age appropriate to get a gun. So um, that's why there's, um, they all have to be fought. And so I stand with groups that's willing to include our issues and concerns as well, because they are a little different. You're not going to see anyone go up in Northwestern and shoot Northwestern up, thank God. But they will watch Johnny come out of school and walk home and drive by, shoot him mm. and you to go. That's our issue. Yes. You know, I had one of the conversations that I had with um, the mother of Trayvon Martin, Sabrina Fulton. You know, we talked, I interviewed her one time and when we were off the air, and I just like seriously was just asking her, like, how are you doing? You know, like people say, how are you? And then we keep moving and just answer quickly. But it's like she said, like, super, like I have days that I just stand under my covers and I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to talk anymore. I just want my son back. She's and, right. And she and I talk about that a lot. She's absolutely yeah. right. Um, every day is a different day for us. I'm up talking to you this morning. Tomorrow, sometime, you know, I may not talk to anyone. We shut down like that. We're in and out, you know. And so um, I just entered back into therapy because, you know, every every day is a different day. And yeah. sometimes the battle is more difficult than other. We just had a um, Sabrina sponsors the Circle of Mothers mm -hmm. every year, the weekend after Mother's Day, which is the weekend that I lost my child. Ooh. But I'll tell you, um, being a part of that helps me tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, just being with people that understand me and not going to use cliches. Um, this happened for a reason. Oh, he's with God now. A, okay. a lot just don't want to hear we're not saying that the bible isn't true but it's it's very painful and we may not always be there at that time mm. i mean at the end of the day you just want your child back with you yes and i'll continue to fight but i'll do anything and that was my only child i will mm. do anything you know to just have another moment with my child you know just you know, just I heard from him that day in the next call, he was shot in the next, um, then the next thing, the police is at my door. He's gone. You know, it was, and mentioning Sabrina, I think within five to 10 minutes, she was right there next to me. Um, mm. It was a very, very difficult, and it's still a difficult process. She's right. Every day is a different day. Mm -hmm. What, what message do you have for like parents who are fortunate enough to not be in the shoes that you and Sabrina are wearing? They have their children there, but they still want to fight for the cause. But like, you know, nowadays our young people are a different breed. Like you said, like they have no regard for if a grandmother's outside, a small child is outside. They're just firing guns to whoever they're trying to get and don't care about the surroundings. If, you know, a parent that's dealing with 
a child who's in that circle of what they got going on like are there any words that you can tell them of encouragement like because I'm not a parent so I don't know but that's a great question that's a great question one of the things I encourage parents to do do what I did get involved it don't cost to get involved you don't have a to have a title to get involved because together we can create things to prevent things and it can prevent you it can prevent your child because you're right when they come and shoot now you know there was a cold back in the 90s women and children they were off limit that cold don't exist no more so you can have kids playing on the porch and they will come shoot it up they shot up two birthday parties where we lost two babies some months back so they don't care I encourage all parents I just had a talk with Susan Bullets I interviewed her for like an hour um, a couple of days ago because that's an example of a parent that have three boys but she's involved she haven't lost a child and she's doing everything to prevent from being in that situation. So she also keep her kids involved. We can't allow our 14 and 15 year old kids to just be out there in the evenings and not know where they at. When our kids was growing up, they was at the Optimus. They was over at Liberty City um, with, with the track and field or playing football or baseball. You have to get them involved. And what's important with getting them involved, you have to be a part of it. That don't mean just drop them off as a babysitting place, go back and get them because what you do affects your child. And we it's it's just so important that parents take heed because I can remember hearing from parents at night that said to me, I follow you and I admire what you did, but I never thought it would happen to me. And I uh -huh. hate those words, but I hear them quite often yeah everyone thinks that it cannot happen to them and at any moment unfortunately it can now the florida parents of murdered children you're having your fourth annual so congratulations on being consistent <laughs> your fourth annual prayer breakfast so what is the the reason for having the prayer breakfast the um it would have been our sixth but due to covid yeah able to have it the last two years and it's amazing how this breakfast has taken wings and just grown. I remember the first year we did it, we did it at Greater um, Holy Cross. It was too small. So I remember um, my pastor, um, Bishop Perry's sister saying, we're going to have to take this to Newburgh. We took it to Newburgh, couldn't hold the people. So we end up at Doubletree and believe it or not, Doubletree didn't hold them. We, we, need, we needed a bigger room. Okay, and Tangela, so, I see you. So it, 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 it's, a, it's grown, you know, and it's a bittersweet thing when you say it's grown because you don't want an organization like this. To grow. To, you, you really don't. No one wants to be in this club. But parents, um, the breakfast came about the first year that I lost my son and I went through Mother's and Father's Day. It was very, very difficult for me. It was difficult for me on Mother's Day because I always dealt with my son for mothers, you know, on Mother's Day. It was difficult on Father's Day because his daughter is now fatherless. And so um, I, be, I began to 
listen to a lot of parents not being able to get out of bed for their other kids. Just, you know, they're going through so much. And unlike me, they have other kids that's depending on them. So I created the breakfast that's normally between Mother's Day and Father's Day to make sure that these parents know that they are still a parent. You're still a mother. You're mm -hmm. still a father and you are appreciated and you didn't do anything wrong. So that's our way of celebrating Mother's and Father's Day. This year is pushed back to July because it's normally the first Saturday in June. It's actually pushed back because a group of us was going through a deep depression and mm. I just have the strength. I didn't have the energy. You know, I thank God for Cedric Dawkins and Janine Jones because they've taken the ball and they've just, you know, gone on with it because my energy just wasn't there. My strength wasn't there. And when you go through it, you're not following through on anything. You're not being consistent on anything. But Janine was, she was determined that we move forward this week. So I mean, this year. So here we are this year. We're looking for a great turnout. We're looking for a great prayer breakfast. Um, and we're looking forward to hearing from our first um, Black state attorney in the state of Florida, um, which is state attorney um, Aramis Ayala out of Orlando, Florida. That's exciting. I didn't even know we had a, a Black um, state attorney. But yes. the, event, the event is going to include, obviously, the breakfast motivational messages, testimonials, and the um, awarding of amazing individuals and civil servants in the community. Is the breakfast open to the public? Can anyone attend, buy a ticket, and support it? Anyone can purchase a ticket. Um, they're on um, Eventbrite. Um, they can contact Janine Jones. Let me get her phone number now. They can okay. And the um, fourth annual prayer breakfast the theme is the blood and it's happening Saturday, July 9th at 8.30 a.m. And Tangela will give the location of where this breakfast is. So I'm all our listeners in West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, 954-561-305. Let's support this because as we have been speaking about, whether you are a parent who unfortunately has lost a child to gun violence or not, this is a cause that we all must support because any day, unfortunately, you could be part of that, you know, circle of brokenhearted parents who have lost a child. Right. So if they want additional information, they can always contact Janine Jones at 305-505-6440. Or they can contact Cedric Dawkins which is at um, 305-801-1283. If you have any information about tickets or um, purchasing a table or just contributing. And yes, at that time, I honor several people because I'm not a 501c3, so I don't get grants, I don't get funding. All this is through my heart. But when we, um, when we, when we do this breakfast, I like to honor people that has helped us through this process because taking 25 and 30 parents to Tallahassee and getting them hotel rooms and things, it's not free. We have people like um, Francis Suarez, Mario Concillo. We have different people that assist us in making this happen for the parents. So 
nothing that I do, I've, I have never allowed them to pay a penny. I've always been able to get people to make sure that they sponsor parents to participate in these things. And even with the breakfast, not one grieving mother or father is charged to come to the breakfast. It's open for grieving parents. Mm, where is the breakfast going to be held? What venue? It's, it's going to be at the Double Tree in the Doral area on 72nd Avenue. Okay, Double Tree. Okay, and Doral. All right. So again, we we're wrapping up this interview, but again, support the Prayer Breakfast. Um, it's the fourth annual Prayer Breakfast, and it's going down Saturday, July 9th. 8.30 a.m. at the Double Tree in Doral. Head over to Eventbrite and just look up Florida Parents of Murdered Children and I'm sure the breakfast will come up. Or you can call Janine at 305-505-6440 or Cedric at 305-801-1283. Tangela, it's been amazing speaking to you and we are praying for you. And I don't want to sound cliche, but I am sending you a hug through this, this internet microphone that we are speaking. And anytime you need me, just reach out. Please, I will support in any way possible. And, and um, I also look forward to seeing you at the breakfast. I want to give you and a guest a ticket to attend. No, no, we'll buy our tickets. I'm going to call Cedric and let him know that I will be buying a ticket and we will be there. And thank you so much for the invite. And I will see you soon. And thank you so much for being part of Community Matters this morning. Thank you so much for continuing this show, informing the community of the different things that's going on. You are appreciated. Aw, thank you, Mama. Your girl, Super Cindy, Community Matters, 99 Jams.